Hey, y'all. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be what? Glad in it. Comment down below if you finish that scripture with me. So my name is Shantavia, but you can call me Shay, and I am your host of Obedience Podcast. Here at Obedience Podcast, our mission is to simply obey. Obey is an acronym that stands for O, obeying God. B, believing in God's word, E, evolving your kingdom walk, and Y, yielding to Holy Spirit. So if you think you'll be interested in our content, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And if you're listening on any podcasts and platforms, be sure to hit that follow button so you all are notified every single time we upload. But for all of our returning subscribers and listeners, welcome back and let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Welcome to season five, episode four of Obedience Podcast. It's such an honor to have you here because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with me, and that is such an honor. So before I get deep into this episode, I do have to invite my co-host in Holy Spirit. So let's take a moment and bow our heads in prayer. Father God, Father God, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to get on this platform another week. I want to thank you for the word that you have bestowed upon me. And I want to thank you for all of the lives that are going to be saved through this episode. I pray that through this episode, people learn that you are a redeeming God. And they understand the fact that you are always waiting right there to redeem them. Even when they're in the pits of everything, you're waiting right there to help them and pull them back up. I pray, Lord, that through this episode, I am able to remember everything that you relate to me. And if you would like to add anything new, I pray that I am able to hear you and you bring back remembrance of anything that I've studied that I did not write down or forgot to mention. I pray, Lord, that through this episode, people listen with your ears. They watch with your eyes and they have understanding from your mind. And I pray that through this episode that there is less of me and more of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so now that I've welcomed my co-host in, let's go ahead and jump into the high and low portion of the episode. If you would like to submit any high or low moments to the podcast, you can always do so by DMing us on any of our social media platforms directly to our email address or clicking the Google Forms link in the show notes below. This portion of the episode is used to big up God and shout out all the high things that he's done for you this past week. Or if you need prayer in any moments, tell us your low moments so we can all be in agreement with you in prayer. Our lines are always open, so please do not hesitate to reach out. This week, I actually got a high and low submission from a very loyal viewer, Miss Michelle Price. I love when I see your high and low submissions. I love when I see your support. I thank you so much, and I already tell you that so much, but your support and love does not go unnoticed. So let's get into her high and low. She has both. So reading her high first. We are two weeks away from the beginning of the third trimester. God has really been in the details, keeping our baby girl safe and sound during these past six months. Also, my husband got this new position at his job, and it felt like a low at first, but it's a high because it's really putting me in a position to really rely on and trust God. And also, the new position comes with some financial provisions, too, so that's a plus, always. And then her low... I haven't really stuck to many of the things I've said or started. Ooh, I can relate. Saving even just a teeny bit 
per month, not getting Starbucks almost daily, reading every night. I just need prayer and encouragement, I guess, to really stick to what I say. Who girl. Okay, so let's go back to the high first because, okay, you gave us some amazing news. First of all, congratulations to your husband for getting a brand new position. That is such a blessing, especially during this time. I've heard so many news outlets talk about like people being laid off massively at companies because of this recession that we are get, that we are in not getting ready to go in that we literally are in so to be able to get a promotion and retain his job is really such a blessing from God and also that promotion came with a pay raise okay yes because these days they love to do like lateral promotions like I don't want to go lateral I'm gonna go up okay so I am so happy for him with that. And I know that's going to help you guys out so much, especially with the new edition. And speaking of the new edition, I am so happy that you have made it to your third trimester. I think when you sent me this, it was a couple weeks ago. So I think that you should be in the third trimester now. But if you're not, we are believing by faith in God that you are going to make it to that third trimester. Full-term baby. Hopefully she comes out when she's supposed to. Because I know some babies, they like to stay in there. Because I know Milan, I went there to be, like, in the room for her birth because my cousin didn't stay here at the time. And so, like, I took off the day that she was supposed to come. And I'm just in Louisiana just working from my cousin's house. And thank God I had a manager at the time who was so understanding. She was like, I understand. You know, just let me know when she goes into labor and then I'll tell them that you're out of this office. So <laughs> I know that babies can come whenever they want to. Milan ended up coming a week later, okay? And my cousin had to get induced. She wasn't even ready to come then. <laughs> they had to force her to come out. And she's been sassy ever since. <laughs> but um, I pray that she comes out on time and that you continue to have an amazing pregnancy and that you continue to see God and all the details during the pregnancy. I love that you are being in the moment and seeing God in the details because sometimes it's really hard to see him in the details at the time sometimes you'll go back and look and examine things when the time has passed and you'll be like oh my gosh God was definitely in the details but I feel like you can appreciate it more when you're in that moment and you can really see him in the details and everything so I love that you're seeing God that way now child let's get into these low moments if anybody can relate it's me okay and I've spoke about this before but the concept of being able to do what you want to do when you're an adult like not having structure it has really been tough on me because I have a really hard time sticking to a schedule and like not following through kind of you know what you're going through so I know it can be tough so I'll definitely be praying for you in that area one thing that may can help you with reading is if you literally just set a one hour timer and literally make yourself read for one hour that's what I've had to do when it comes to like doing stuff for the ministry if I need to work on something I will literally set an hour timer on my phone and I won't let myself do anything else except that thing so it's like you can get so much done in that hour when you're making yourself focus on what you're supposed to do and then I'm like Shay after this hour you can do whatever you want to do but most of the time like 
in that hour, I get so motivated to the point where I go ahead and finish up whatever I was doing, even if it's past the hour. But it's always hard starting. But like once you're in it, it's not as difficult. That's what I've learned about myself. So I just have to push myself to start. Push myself to start. Because when you get in it, it's not as hard. Hopefully that helps you out. But I'll definitely be praying for you because I definitely know how it can be. I definitely have a hard time sticking to stuff, which, I mean, you're probably not surprised. You are a very loyal viewer, so you have probably heard me talk many, many, many times about, you know, not having commitment to different areas. So I'll definitely be in prayer with you, and I can be your accountability partner because I know I need an accountability partner as well. My um, intern is my accountability partner right now, but I can still use as much accountability as I can get because, child... Is horrible. I'm trying to do so much better on my time management too because I will just wait and wait and wait and wait. But I'm trying to do better. We're going to do better in March, okay? March is in a couple days when this episode releases. So we're going to do better in March, okay? I actually think March is the day. Yeah, March is the next day after this episode is released. So we're going to do better in March, okay, sis? Okay, we're going to hold each other accountable. <laughs> and let's see. Yeah, that was it. All right, so if you guys do want to submit any high-low portions, remember, like I said, our lines are always open, and you can submit to us on our Instagram, directly to our email address, or down below in the Google form links. We are so ready for your high-low moments. We definitely want to big up God and pray for you in any area that you need prayer in. But with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get into my high and low submissions for the week. Y'all, 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 y'all. Okay. So I am going to start with my highs and then I'll get into my lows because I have some for this week. This week has definitely been a crazy week for me, but I'm making it through. Okay. So first, my, so my first high I want to give is last week I reported that my Nana or my aunt was diagnosed with COVID. I am happy to say, thankful to say, grateful to say that she has made it through. She tested negative this week when her home nurse came. She is doing so much better. She's actually been at the house. She actually came over here. So glory to God that she made it through. She was so touched by, you know, what I said in the episode. So I was like, I definitely can't let it pass. We're telling y'all the amazing update. We serve an amazing God. She has a lung disease. It's very severe. And from the moment COVID hit, we've always been covering her and being like, okay, you can't go out the house. Mm-mm. COVID is out there. She literally didn't leave the house for like a year when COVID was happening because my aunt gets pneumonia super easy and she has to go to the hospital. And it's regular pneumonia. So imagine like COVID pneumonia. But God... Even though she got that, God blocked it. He blocked every single bad thing that can come with COVID. And she was a warrior through it. Definitely a trooper. So y'all give some big ups to God down below in the comments if you're watching on YouTube for God. Because he definitely did it. God did it. All right. And then my next high. So last week I told y'all that I was going to go to Tuscaloosa with my cousin. So she can be inducted into the Hall of Fame from her undergrad college so thankfully we got there safely everything was lovely was beautiful but after the induction my cousin like wanted me to go out with her and y'all know if you are a loyal viewer your girl has a really bad social anxiety I don't like going in social settings especially if I haven't mentally prepared for said social 
setting. <laughs> and I definitely was not prepared. Like when we got back from the induction ceremony, I literally put my PJs and my Uggs on in a big sweatshirt. And I was like sitting on the couch with my computer getting ready to edit. I was in for the night. Okay. And my cousin was like, come on, get up, get dressed. We're going to go out. And I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not going. I just kept saying over and over again, I'm not going. And I really do thank Holy Spirit for making her be persistent with me because I was determined not to go. I'm that person. Like, I never want to, like, say, like, the real reason. And I don't know if anybody else who has social anxiety is like me. But, like, in the moment when I presented stuff like that, I never want to admit to the person that is, I, I don't want to go because it's, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I, like, um, I don't have anything to wear. I didn't know about this, which I really didn't have anything to wear. But, like, every excuse I gave, she had a resolution for it, even down to, well, we're going to go to the mall and buy you an outfit. And, child, I can't pass up a free outfit. I know y'all can't. So I got up. I prayed. And I went to the mall, had an amazing experience at the mall. Like, I'm starting to figure out, like, what my style is, like, what it has evolved to. And I had an amazing night out. I'm going to do a detailed explanation of everything on my Patreon. So if you want to get the details on everything that happened during that night out, definitely click the link down below in the show notes to join my Patreon. I have a couple of different tiers. So you can choose whichever tier is best for you. But basically, my high in that moment is that I overcame the fear of social anxiety during that time. And I actually put myself out there it did take a lot of prayer I was praying like all along I was praying before I left the house prayed on the ride to the mall prayed on the ride back from the mall prayed before I left the house (laughs) it took a lot but I definitely got through it and you know it gave me a little confidence because it's like okay Shay you could do this you could do social settings so definitely giving myself a pat on the back for that All right, so I do want to transition into my low moments for this week. So I already let y'all know that we went to Tuscaloosa, but like on the ride back from Tuscaloosa, my mom got really sick. She got really hot at first. I could like see the sweat popping off of her. And then she started vomiting. And we were like an hour away from home. So we still had like a long way to go. And so, you know, the whole ride, I'm just like praying for her that she she feels better. Because I can, cannot imagine like being in a car feeling that bad. Finally made it home. She still felt bad. And then a couple of days later, my grandma got the same virus. Initially, we thought my mama had food poisoning. But once my grandma got sick, we definitely knew that it was a virus. My aunt also got sick. She wasn't, like, vomiting or anything, but she was very nauseated and had stomach issues. It's definitely something going through my family right now, so definitely keep them in your prayers. My grandma is still not doing the best. She went to the emergency room yesterday. They gave her some fluids. So definitely keep her in your prayers, and I will definitely update you all next week on that. But that's what I want y'all to pray with me about that this virus completely gets through my family and my grandma gets better and it goes on back to wherever it came from, the piss of hell in my opinion. All right, but with that being said, that is all of my high and low moments. So now we can go ahead and transition into the biblical portion of the episode. Welcome to part two of the Ascent Journey. So on this Ascent Journey, we are pursuing a closer dwelling with God by studying the Psalms of Ascent. If you missed the introduction episode, sis, are we there yet? I did explain what the Psalms of Ascent were and how we got 
on this ascent journey. So I definitely encourage you to go and check that out. I'll have the episode linked in the show notes below, but I do want you to stay here. Okay. Stay on this episode and then you can make your way back to the first part of this series. So like I said, we are in part two of this journey. So last week we covered part one of the ascent journey and we studied Psalm 126 where we ascended and find a restoration in God. In today's episode, we'll be studying Psalm 130 and we'll be ascending and finding redemption in God. Yes. So I do want to read the full Psalm before we start getting deep into this study. So let's read. I of the depths, I call you Lord. Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. Lord, if you kept an account of iniquities, Lord, who could sin? But with you, there is forgiveness so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. I wait and put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is faithful love with the Lord. And with him is redemption in abundance. And he will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. And that was Psalm 130 verses 1 through 8. Now this psalm is actually broken into four different stanzas or sections if you want to call them. And that's how we are going to study this psalm out stanza by stanza. So of course we're going to start with the first stanza that covers verses 1 through 2. And in these scriptures, the author of this psalm speaks from a place of deep despair. The scripture says, "Out of the depths I call to you, Lord. Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help." So in verse 1, we see that the author is calling out to the Lord from the depths. Now, this means that they were in a deep and overwhelming situation. Have you ever felt like you were in a deep and overwhelming situation that you needed to get out of? Take a moment and think about that question and your answer. Now, me, myself, of course, I've been in situations where I felt like this, like I was in a deep and overwhelming situation. Two that I can think of right off the top of my head are financial situations our health situations. In both of those situations, I always remember immediately calling on God for help to pull me out of the depths of those financial situations or those health situations. But when I thought about this a little bit deeper, I thought about other situations where I don't immediately call on the Lord. And one of those examples is a sin situation or a disobedient situation. Many a times in those situations, I would hide away from God. I wouldn't call out to him immediately telling him that I needed help. I would hide because I felt guilty. And also I felt like I didn't deserve the intimacy with God because I was disobedient to him or because I was in a sinful place. So I felt like I couldn't worship God. I felt like I couldn't listen to sermons. I felt like I couldn't pray to God because I didn't deserve God. And as a result of that, the lack of intimacy with God, because I was telling myself I didn't deserve it, I would in turn fall into deep despair And I will say unnecessary despair at that. And if you can relate to that feeling of feeling like you don't deserve God because of something that you did or something that you didn't do, I'm speaking into this mic right now for you. I know how you feel. I've been right where you are. And I'm here to tell you that that feeling of not deserving God is a lie from the pits of hell. 
And I need you to fully grasp that fact because until you do, the enemy is going to consistently use that lie against you. Do not give the enemy that control of telling you that you don't deserve God. So therefore, you don't spend time with him. Therefore, you don't pray to him. Therefore, you don't worship him. Therefore, you don't read your Bible because he'll do it because he knows if I can get them to do all that, I can get them deeper into my grips. And I can control them. I can make them do things for me instead of things for God. I can throw them off of their purpose. I can waste their life away. Do not give the enemy that control because it's not true. Whatever he's telling you is not true. You deserve God. God made it so you deserved him by allowing us to have redemption. And we'll talk more about redemption in the fourth stanza of this psalm. And if you are out there and you're asking, well, sis, like, how are you so confident that this is a lie from the enemy? Like, how are you so confident that I always deserve God, that I can always have intimacy with God? How are you so confident about that? It's found right in the next stanza of this psalm. In verses three and four, in those verses, they get into the concept of God's forgiveness. So let's read those two scriptures. Lord, if you kept an account of iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that you may be revered. Now, let's go back to verse three. And I want to focus on the portion of that scripture that says, if you kept an account of iniquities, the pivotal word in that section of the scripture is the word if. If you're taking notes, write down if. And also I want to mention too, I forgot to mention last week, I have decided to provide a study note printable for you every single week. It's going to be completely free. It's going to have the printout of the psalm so you can take notes and different stuff like that. So check that out in the description box below if you want to take notes on the episode. So if you did decide to print that out, I want you to highlight the word if. That word if lets us know that God doesn't just write down all of our wrongdoings or write down all of our disobedient moments and keeps an account of all of those things. He just doesn't get a little index card, write it out, and then throw it into a bucket. So, you know, whenever he's ready, he can just put his hand in it and pick one and be like, oop, I remember when you did this. (laughs) God doesn't do that. He provides us with true forgiveness. Do you know that famous saying, forgive and forget? God is the only one who can truly forgive and forget. We as humans do not have the ability to truly forget. We can forgive someone for something that they've done, but we're not going to forget that action. But I do want to add, okay, for my people being like, okay, well, I don't have to forgive. Listen, we do have control over if we let that remembrance of the thing that that person did to hurt us control how we treat that person. If you remember what that person did and still decide to treat them better than how they treated you, that is true forgiveness. It's just that we don't have the ability to forget. We're always going to remember it. Even if it's in the back of our head, it's always going to be in our remembrance. But we have to learn how to not let that remembrance affect our going forward. That's a little nugget I learned in therapy. But the concept of forgive and forget, God can truly do this. He can truly forget those things because when he looks at us, he looks at us with the lens of Jesus Christ. And so with that lens, all of our iniquities, they're wiped away. 
So even if you decide to walk away from him for a couple of months or a couple of years, he doesn't just have that in his back pocket to hold against you. Even if you've disregarded his directions, you didn't yield to him, you decided to go your own way, he's not going to keep that in his back pocket to hold against us later on. And even if you've been rampant in sin, just living in sin, not even trying to get away from it at all, he's not going to hold that against you to throw back at you. He's waiting right there constantly by our side, matter of fact, to redeem us. Jesus actually provides a parable exhibiting how God's redemption works in Luke 15, 11 through 31. And many of you have probably heard of these scriptures. It's titled the parable of the lost son. Now, for the sake of time, I am going to give you the Cliff Notes version of this story, but I do want you to take time out and go and study the entire story out. So write that down in your homework section of your notes, Luke 15 verses 11 through 31. So in the parable, you have a dad and he has two sons. And, you know, back in those days, the children would have inheritances waiting for them when their father passed away. So the younger son, he actually decided to ask his father for his inheritance early so he could leave home and do what he wanted to do with his inheritance. And so he did. So when he left home, he got into all kind of sin. He spent all his money. He was just all over the place. He was tearing things up from the rooted to the tootie, okay? He was living his best life, as y'all young people say, or YOLO. You only live once. Whichever, whichever phrase you want to use, that is what the son was doing. And so... At one point, the son like had lost all of his money that he had to start working for someone else. So we had this son who was in a place of being over servants, transition to being a servant because of choices that he made. And so he finally worked up his nerve to go back to his father's house. But he was always so nervous to go to his father's house because he thought that his father was going to hate him. He thought that his father wasn't going to take him back, but he worked up the nerve to do it. So he goes back home and his father sees him from miles away. And when his father sees him, he takes off running to him. He's so happy to see him. He grabs him in his arms and embraces him and hugs him. The scripture actually says he ran through his arms around his neck and kissed him. He was so excited to see his son. And his son immediately tells him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You know what the father did after this? He tells his servants, uh-uh, go get the best robe from my son. We're going to have the biggest feast from my son, and we're going to celebrate him. And then after that, you know, his brother was holding a little grudge against him, okay? Because he's just like, how are you accepting him with open arms? Like, he sinned against you. He left. He left you for dead. And you're just going to take him back because he comes back. Like, he didn't even do anything. He just came back. But y'all know what the father says in reply to his oldest son about his younger son? He says in verse 31, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. So no longer was the son poor without any money because the father redeemed him. He gave him everything back that he had went out and lost. He said. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. This is how God does us 
We may walk away from him for a long period of time, and we may be rampant in sin during those periods of time. We may lose everything that he's ever given us, but he's always waiting right there to redeem us. And when we come back to him, he's going to be so excited. He's going to be like, go get my child the best robe. Let's throw a celebration, and I'm going to rebuild and give you everything that you lost. I'm going to redeem you. That's how God does us. This parable proves the legitimacy of Romans 8, 35, 37 through 39. Y'all have heard these scriptures before, but I, I want to I read it out in full for you. It says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angel, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. He's always waiting right there to redeem us. Now, I do want to go back to verse four and point out a really important word that shouldn't be missed. So let's read verse four again. But with you, there is forgiveness so that you may be revered. The last word in that scripture is the word that I want to focus on, revered. Revered is defined as to feel deep respect or admiration for. Now, the reason I wanted to point this scripture out and focus on this word is because I want to discuss the importance of not taking for granted that God is always sitting right there waiting for us to forgive us. While it may be easily accessible for us to approach God and ask for forgiveness, it wasn't an easy task to make this possible for us, and this shouldn't go unnoticed. Just because we have the ability to go out there and sin and, and come back to Jesus and automatically be forgiven doesn't mean that we should go out there and do it. I talked about this in the last episode, part one. Even though we can go out there and sin and automatically be forgiven doesn't mean that we should just go and sin. We don't sin out of reverence for God, out of respect for God. I love God so much that I'm going to make sure I stay away from this sin. And he loves me so much that he gave me a safety net that if I do, because he knows I'm going to fail or fall short sometimes to be forgiven. But that doesn't mean that I just go out there and just do it willy nilly. You don't want to take advantage of that thing. I just thought about this. It's not in my notes. You know, like the, the PPP loan that they had out there during 2020 that was created to save businesses and they will forgive those loans but you were only to get a PPP loan if you truly needed a PPP loan and so now fast forward to 2023 we have many people getting caught up in getting in trouble because they got the PPP loan and they didn't really need it so therefore oh no you can't be forgiven of this okay you have to pay this loan off or you are going to jail <laughs> <laughs> that's what some of them are. But that's the first thing I thought. You don't want to abuse the system. Our ability to be redeemed, it did not come easy. Jesus had to do a lot in order for us to be able to be redeemed consistently. He had to take many beatings. He had to take many people talking down to him. So much scrutiny. He had to literally get on the cross and die. For all of our sins. And mind you, Jesus never even committed a sin. He was sinless. But he had to take all of that in order for us to be 
redeemed. And right now we're in the season of Lent if you do celebrate it. And this season of Lent is preparation leading up to Resurrection Sunday. And this time is a great time to really fast and pray and remember everything that Jesus did for us as we get into the season of when he passed away. Now, getting into the third stanza of this psalm now, which covers verses five through six and discusses waiting for the Lord. Now, the author of this psalm did switch over to discuss waiting because sometimes when we're in despair and we've called out to God, there will be a waiting period when we get out of that despair. Now, I'm not talking about forgiveness that we just covered in the previous scripture. What I'm talking about is that despair, that period when you're in a deep an overwhelming situation. So I mentioned like two that I always call out to God in when I'm in those situations are health situations or financial situations. So things like that. So you can call out to God while you're in that despair and he hears you, but there may still be a waiting period before you're completely out of that despair. And so that's why this author of this psalm switches over to that. And so the author of this psalm is saying, okay, I'm in despair. I've called out to you. And if I have to wait to get out of that despair, I'm going to wait because I trust you to get me out of that despair. So while I'm waiting, I'm going to sit and trust with you the entire time. And before we get deep into the stanza, I do want to read verses five through six. It says, I wait for the Lord. I wait and put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. Now I want to focus on the portion of verse five that says, I wait for the Lord. When I first read this scripture, I automatically thought about the things that I'm currently and waiting for. Professionally speaking, I'm waiting to work full-time in ministry. Personally speaking, I'm waiting for a partner. Financially speaking, I'm waiting to be debt-free. Those are just some things that I automatically thought of. And I want to mention too, like those things that I just said, I am not in the early stages of waiting, okay? It's been a few years of waiting on those things. And through these years, as I've been waiting, there has been situations where I could have stopped waiting on God. I could have stopped yielding to what God was telling me and handled those things myself. Now, what I mean by that is, for example, financial and professionally speaking, because they go hand in hand in this example. I've had job opportunities presented to me that would significantly increase my salary, which would provide an increase for provisions to pay off of my debt. But with those job offers, I would have less time to work in my ministry because I would have to devote more time to work. So what I mean by that, like one of the opportunities, I will have to travel again and I will have to travel more than what I traveled when I was traveling before with my company. This new company wanted me to travel even more. They were paying good, though, but they wanted me to travel even more. If I was traveling even more, like I barely had time to spend with my family when I was traveling at my current job. So if I'm traveling more, how in the world would I do this ministry? And then another job. I would be working 12-hour shifts six days a week. You mean to tell me I have one day, like a couple hours at the end of the day and one day off? No off days either. It wouldn't have made sense with my ministry. So when I would look at everything overall, I was like, no, I know God told me to do this ministry. Doing those things would take me away from the ministry. 
That's not of God. It would be great money. <laughs> it would definitely help me get out of debt quicker, but it's not of God. It's something that the enemy is throwing at me. It looks amazing, but it's something that he's throwing at me to get me off of this ministry game, to slow this ministry down. Because he knows, okay, this ministry is trouble. Okay, it's trouble for me. This ministry is going to do something for people's lives. I got to slow it down. I got to throw a curveball is what the enemy was saying. And then personally speaking, I've had people approach me to date. It's something that I have to tell myself all the time. I'm like, Shay, if you wanted somebody, you can get somebody, okay? But you're not just settling for anything. You know what you want. And what I want is who God specifically designed for me. So therefore, I'm not just going to go out there and just date aimlessly and settle down for someone who I know God didn't really design for me. We don't have the same morals. We don't have the same beliefs. I'm not going to settle for that. Instead, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on God because I know that in all three of those areas that I'm waiting in, whatever God produces on the other side of my waiting is going to be a hundred times better than whatever I could have produced if I jumped the gun and decided to handle those things myself. So my husband is going to be a hundred times better than this person who's in my DM. Okay, and when I work full time in ministry, it's going to be a hundred times better and more profitable than the job opportunities that I pass by. I'm choosing to wait because I trust in God, and in my waiting, He sees that I trust in Him. In my passing opportunities down, He's seeing that I'm trusting in Him, and I will forever trust in Him for those things and for any other things that pops up. So when you choose to wait on God, you're choosing to trust in God. And the question I want to ask here in this segment of the show is, how are you waiting through your waiting process? Are you putting God in your waiting? Now, I'm going to explain what I mean by that, but I want to read the B portion of verse 5 first. It says, I wait and put my hope in his word. The pivotal word in that portion of scripture is the word put. Put is a verb. So that means that there has to be action with that word. And the author in this psalm, while he is waiting, he put his hope in God's word. So what are you putting in your waiting? Are you putting prayer? Are you putting reading God's word? Are you putting meditation? Are you putting praising God? Are you putting worship? What are you putting in your waiting? And I want to mention that all what I just named should be put into your waiting. So if you're like, well, what should I put? Just go down the list of what I just said. Put all of that in your waiting. Pray while you wait. Read his word while you wait. Meditate on what he's saying to you while you wait. Praise and worship God while you wait. And while you're putting all of that in your waiting, you need to be waiting in expectation. Mm. And we see the author of this psalm do this in verse 6. Verse 6 reads, I'll wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Now, if you don't know, watchmen, they were set up at the city gates to watch overnight for anyone trying to attack the town. So watchmen had to be vigilant and ready to go at all times. They were always watching and waiting, expecting something to happen. And this is why the author of this psalm used watchmen as his example, because he knew that those watchmen were watching and waiting. So what he was saying is just like those watchmen were watching and waiting, he is going to be waiting on the Lord and watching and expecting something to happen. 
I recently saw a post on Facebook where someone said, when you understand that God is never late, you wait differently. Mm. Baby, I couldn't hit that share button fast enough. <laughs> In our waiting, we can't just sit there and twiddle our thumbs. We can't do that. Or we can't just continuously take naps. And that's something that I need y'all to pray away from me, the spirit of napping, because it's on me so heavy. But we cannot do that while we're waiting. We have to be working and diligent in the waiting. That's a must. Now, I've done an entire episode on waiting and expectation. It's literally titled Sis, Wait and Expectation. <laughs> I'll link it down below for you to watch. But in that episode, I go into detail on exactly how you wait in expectation, what you need to be doing while you're waiting. And I'll be sure to place that link down below in the show notes because I want you to go back and listen to it. Even if you listen to the episode already, I want you to revisit it. Listen to it two, three, four, five times because it's so necessary to wait in expectation. And the reason I say that is because as I was preparing for this episode, doing my research and whatnot, I received a new revelation on waiting that I never received before. The revelation came while listening to a devotional on YouTube. I'll be sure to link it down below in the show notes for anyone who wants to go check it out. But the devotional was on Psalm 130. And in that devotional, she pointed out that we will never outgrow waiting. We're always going to be waiting on something. And it was just like, like brain confetti. Like, oh my gosh, what? Think about it. So when I get married, I'm going to be waiting to have kids. And when I have said kid, I'm going to be waiting for them to start crawling. Then I'm going to wait for them to start walking. Then I'm going to wait for them to start talking. Then I'm going to wait for them to go to kindergarten. It can go on and on and on. And then when I work full-time in ministry, I'm going to be waiting to sell out of a product. Or I'm going to be waiting to hire five employees. I'm going to be waiting to get into a building, a storefront. We never outgrow waiting. Waiting is just something that we have to do. So because we have to do waiting, we need to learn how to wait in expectation. So we're waiting the correct way every single time. Ain't that so good? That's so good. So go and check the video out, sis. Stay here, but then go and check the video out. <laughs> now, the fourth and final stanza of this psalm covers verses 7 through 8 and discusses God's redemption. It reads, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is faithful love with the Lord, and with him is redemption in abundance. And he will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. This stanza reassures readers that God will redeem them from their despair. If it's sin, I've already talked about it. He's going to redeem you with forgiveness. If it's not from sin, he'll redeem you by pulling you out of your despair. Why? You may be asking. Because as verse 7 says, for there is faithful love with the Lord. There is faithful love with the Lord. God loves us. And because God loves us so much, he's a God of redemption. And as the B portion of verse 7 says, with him is redemption in abundance. Now, of course, since this study is about ascending and finding redemption in God, I have to end this study with the focus being on this word redemption. So redemption has two different definitions, and both of the definitions are so, so, so good. Chef's kiss. The first definition is the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. 
And in verse 8, the author speaks of Israel being saved from all iniquities, which the word iniquities is a synonym for sin. And then I want to point out two very important words in verse 8 that shouldn't be overlooked. And those two words are he will. Those two words are so important because God did exactly as the author wrote. He did save not only Israel, but also all of us from sin. He did it just like he said he would. He did it. And this is where the second definition of redemption comes into play. So let me get into the second definition. That definition says the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. This definition almost made me run around the studio (laughs) when I was studying, okay? Because this definition is exactly how God saved all of us. He came down in human form as Jesus to exchange himself to clear out all of our debts. We have all been redeemed because of the work on the cross. We have all been redeemed. It's already paid in full. We don't owe anything. Jesus paid it all. He cleared our debt. Oh, it's so good. So there's literally no need to run away from God in your despair. There's no need to run away from God when you sin. There's no need to run away from God when you've been disobedient. We should all be running to God because his redemption is in abundance. As verse seven says, if you happen to be that person right now who feels like you're so deep in despair, you sunk into a depth that you feel like you cannot get out of. God sent this episode to you. God had me sit down and write out this for you. God has me on this camera speaking in this mic right now for you. This episode is him throwing the rope down for you to grab a hold to so he can pick you up. You don't even have to worry. All you got to do is just hold on. Grab hold to your redemption, brother or sister. Grab hold to it. It's already been paid in full like I mentioned. Remember, the definition of redemption says... The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing out debt. Jesus already did that on the cross. Our debt has already been cleared out. We've already been redeemed. Hold on to it. Allow him to pull you up out of those depths. So if you feel like right now that you're in that place of despair, if you sunk in so deep in despair and you need to be redeemed, I want to pray over you because it's possible. Right now, like I mentioned, this episode is God throwing down a rope. So you can hold on to it. I want you to get into the posture of prayer. I want to pray over you. Father God, first I want to thank you for being a God of redemption. I want to thank you for loving us so much that you were so intricate to have a plan in order for us to have access to have full intimacy with you. I thank you for the opportunity to have a relationship with you. And Lord, I want to pray over every single person right now who feel like they're in the depths of it. I pray that they realize that you've thrown a rope down, that you're waiting right there by their side and you're encouraging them. Just like a trainer would be yelling in their ear, you're doing that same thing right now to get them out of that depth, out of that despair. Thank you, Lord, for never giving up on us. Even even if we've given up on you, you've never given up on us. And I pray, Lord, that they are reassured and know that you never give up on them. So they should never give up on themselves. I pray that throughout this week, they see qualities of your redemption. They see reassurance that you've redeemed them. Even if they don't feel like it right now in this moment, I pray that through this week, they see those reassurances to know that you've redeemed them. 
And Lord, I pray that as they are going through this journey, that they that they learn to trust in you more. They learn the true love that you have for them. And they fall deeper in love with you. And they see you in a way that they've never seen or experienced you before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you happen to be out there and you feel like this, you feel like you, you're so far from God, you're falling off from him, you don't deserve him, right now I want you to rededicate your life to him because he's waiting for you. And if you've never dedicated your life to him before, right now is the perfect opportunity to become reborn. Now, I say reborn because in John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And to become reborn is to simply believe in Jesus and accept him as your Savior. And know that because of what he did on the cross, you are redeemed. So all you have to do is repeat this very short prayer after me. It goes, Lord Jesus, I know without you, I am lost. Today, I make the decision to make you the Lord of my life. I thank you for forgiving me and delivering me from my sin. I give you the throne of my heart to lead and guide me in the way that I should go. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you repeated that prayer after me, you've completely been redeemed. He's accepted you and you're free from sin. Even if you mess up in sin, you're no longer bound to it. You're no longer a slave of it. It does not control you. It may not feel like it at first, but I promise you, you keep walking this thing out. You keep working with him. You keep getting closer to him. You'll see that sin doesn't have a hold on you anymore. You've been redeemed. Congratulations. I want y'all, if you're watching on YouTube, I want y'all to comment some clapping emojis down in the comment section to congratulate everybody who did repeat after me. If you did repeat after me, please let me know in the comment section or shoot me an email letting me know that you've been redeemed, you've been saved. I am so happy for you. And I want to be there for you as you are going on this journey, starting this new journey out. You're definitely going to need some encouragers. You're going to need some mentors. You're going to need some friends as you go through this journey. And I want to be that resource for you. And then after you've done that, I have two essential things that I want you to do. First, I want you to connect to the Bible teaching church. That's going to be really important. Pastors are so essential in your kingdom walk. Pastors shepherd over your life. They give you word from God directly, specifically towards you. They give encouragement. They teach the Bible. So I definitely encourage you to connect with the Bible teaching church. And then the second thing I think you should do, in my opinion, is purchase the Reborn Workbook. That workbook is going to be so helpful in your new walk. It's going to teach you new scriptures, how things are going to be in this walk. So I definitely encourage you to check that out. And then another thing that I must add, continue to watch Obedience Podcast. You're already on the right path. You've already accepted him. You're already listening to his word or listening to teachings from his word. So keep it up. Subscribe. Stay tuned in. You are now a part of the Obedient family. So stay here. You're always welcome. Who y'all. All right. So that is all that I have for you guys today. But before I leave, y'all know I have two questions. What was your key takeaway from today's episode? And also, did you learn anything new? If you're watching on YouTube, you can comment down below in the comment section. And if you're listening, you can always send us an email to obediencepodcast at gmail.com or DM us on any of our social media platforms.
We love to hear from y'all, so definitely do not hesitate to reach out. The goal for this podcast is to be like a small group community in a church. So definitely reach out. We want to hear you guys. We want to hear what you have to say. And then I want to give a shout out to everybody who's watching the YouTube premiere right now. I see you. We see each other. Thank you so much for taking time out to spend with me during your evening. I love talking to you all as the episode is going and it does not go unnoticed when you come in and chat. If you do want to be a part of the YouTube premiere family, I do premiere the video portion of the episode at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on my YouTube channel every single Tuesday. So be sure you are subscribed to become a part of the premiere family. And then of course, I have to give a very special shout out to all of my Patreon members. Thank y'all so much for supporting the ministry. I appreciate and love y'all so much. I pray that y'all are enjoying the content. If you do want to become a patron, click the link down below. I have four different tiers. You can explore those tiers and determine which one works best for you. We have a good time over there, so I definitely encourage you to join. And then I cannot forget my listeners. I see you. If you are a listener, I want you to go to the last post on the podcast Instagram and leave a boat emoji so I know you are a listener so I can give you a special shout out. I love everyone who supports the ministry, so I don't want anyone to go unnoticed. And then regardless of wherever you are watching or listening, I want you to share this video with five of your friends. Sharing is going to get the word of redemption out and also it's going to help the ministry grow in so many ways. So definitely the first five people you thought of, definitely share it out to them. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like the video. Liking does help push this video up in YouTube's algorithm. It lets them know that you like this content. So definitely do not forget to like and leave a comment. Both of those help the ministry in a extreme way. So definitely do not forget to do that. And then remember, if you do have any high or lows that you want to submit, you can always do so by DMing us on any of our social media platforms, sending us an email to our email address, or clicking the Google form link that can be found in the show notes our lines are always open and we're always waiting and willing to pray for you in any area that you need now that I've gotten all of those announcements out of the way I do want to give you your homework for next week remember last week I mentioned I want to provide you all with the next psalm that we're going to study so you can read up on it and begin to study it yourself before the episode comes out so next week we will be covering Psalm 125. All right, y'all. So write your homework down so you can get ready for next week. All right. So that is all the announcement that I have. I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. I pray that this episode found you blessed and I pray that it left you even more blessed. But in the meantime, in between time, as always, be obedient and I will see y'all next week. Ciao.